there is a risk that the life, the journey you're on in life is is not one that you're constantly building into, but it's one that's constantly burning you out. Welcome back or welcome to another episode of the Success Times Happiness Podcast. I am your host, Richard Thompson, and today we bring back my very best friend, Nick Quinn, to talk about all things risk and reward when it comes to business and life in general. So sit back and I hope you really enjoy this interview. You'd have to be one of the youngest people in sort of your level of area or your level of the firm, do you think, in, at least in the, in the office? Yeah, yeah. I, so historically, um, in in my area of, of expertise, I guess that success has been granted on years of experience and number of great hairs you have, um, and that's something I've come up against quite a bit in my career, and and have had reasonable level of success of sort of breaking through that stereotype, and in, to the point where. At my current firm, I was the, the youngest um, individual to ever be, I guess, given the opportunity to have ownership within the company. So, yeah, I have, I guess, taken on roles uh, of seniority relatively sooner than, than others in, in industry. And I sort of, uh, we've talked about this at length, but I think you're someone who is similar to me where it's like, well, there's no real time for celebration or reflection. You just go, what's what is the next thing? It's not... And I don't know whether that comes from, doesn't necessarily come from a place of the inability to appreciate, but it's almost just this, you're driven to, I guess it's the drive or it's the pursuit of the what's next or the pursuit of the journey that is yeah. fulfilling rather. And it's not necessarily, I don't think I'll be happy when, right? Yeah. All right, I've achieved this. I've achieved ownership in the firm as the youngest ownership of the company now what's next because that no longer fulfills me but i do think there the value of anything of any pursuit is the pursuit itself and so it's like great we're here but what have we achieved we haven't like it's fine to do all that but where my currency or my worth is or where i'm most driven is the path in front of me do you do you think yeah absolutely and i think it's a it's a dangerous balancing act for for all the things you just highlighted because you can get to a point where nothing satisfies if you're not careful because of that drive for for the journey, for more, you know, that constant um, yearning for what's next. And and that is both the power of personality types and also the danger of that exact same personality type. So what I've found historically is I have been too driven to a point where nothing is ever enough and you run the risk of of burnout and never being able to look at the achievements you've made and without at least for a minute taking stock um there is a risk that the life the journey you're on in life is is not one that you're constantly building into but it's one that's constantly burning you out so that's something that i've i've learned over recent years is the personality type that we are is both in our advantage and disadvantage if mm. we're not careful. I like the the example of, and, I, and, I, and again, I, don't, I can't speak for you, but certainly for me, it's the awareness of if you're looking at a mountain climber and I thoroughly, and I've come to be self-aware enough to understand this, that I really enjoy that journey of going up a mountain as, a, yeah. as an example, not because of the view or the pursuit of the view, but, but because of the pursuit of the climb, just being on the climb itself is yeah. is so much value for me. So then you get yeah. and the best thing and the, the most devastating thing is for me that I've found in the, my past is you get the worst thing that can happen when you get to the top of the mountain is that there's no more mountains to climb. Yeah. And it's not because I want a higher peak or because I can't, uh, and it's not because I can't appreciate the view at the top of any one mountain, but it's because I think I, I I do think I get more value at a climb at the climb than the view itself, yep. and so the best thing for me that can happen I think is you get to the you don't want uh, infinite an infinite mountain where there's no end because I think that's where burnout happens and that's where 
you just like, what am I? You, you lose purpose, right? You need to have a destination of every mountain you're climbing, but the best thing that can happen is you get to the top and go, okay, where's the next one? Not because the view doesn't satisfy you, but because the lack of climb dissatisfies you. Yeah. And I think I 100% agree. And I think the important thing about all of that is, and in, in your example is the understanding of yourself in that. So it's the, the burnout and the disappointment comes when you're not aware of that is who you are as a person. Yep. So Agreed. You, the, the countless stories you hear of, of multi-billionaires who achieve their stated business objective of selling their startup and the, the day after they sell, sell it is the, the most disappointing day of their life and they're the most, you know, that they've essentially lost their, their drive and passion because they achieved the thing and suddenly it, it, it didn't actually fulfill them. To your point, it was the climbing the mountain that was fulfilling them. Mm. They expected that once they'd hit that goal, they'd be internally happy. But actually, it was about the mountain climb itself, not you. So as long as you, as an individual, you can recognise that in yourself and not put all the... Uh, all the focus and joy on reaching the top of the mountain and know that it's about the journey. I think I believe that's, that's the powerful part about it. I accept that you definitely need to be self-aware enough to know that, but then it becomes the more, once you do become aware of that, I think it becomes the, the, the biggest challenge then is to know or understand that every mountain that you climb and successfully climb, you're developing using this analogy, you're developing a better system to climb better mount, bigger mountains. Yeah. And so if it's a very, if you get into a state where you've chosen a very steep mountain, you may not be able to climb it and you fall back down, right? Or there, must yeah. be, there, there might be so much stress weighted on your shoulders that you're just not ready for to manage all the other balls in the air in life that you fall down the mountain and you just go like, shit, that was too difficult of a climb. Yeah. Um, but then you don't also you're not going to, you're going to lose direction if the climb is is is, is really benign and, and quite easy as well. So yeah. as so it's it's a it's a moving it's, you're you're obviously an evolving animal whereby you're becoming a better climber as you get older. So you've then got to find the perfect next mountain to climb yeah. that is using the skills that you've learnt from the previous mountain, but not too big a mountain that you're going to fall down. Never heard. The word mountain mentioned so many times in i actually am sponsored by mountain.com and get a kickback for every time i say mountain so i appreciate that no but i think exactly as you said it's a it's about that moving goal or the, the moving target and yeah. i think being comfortable that it even when you think you've identified what that next target is or that next journey being comfortable that that may change and and not being because it's not about the outcome it's not about the the sale of the business it's not about the the reaching certain ladder in a, a corporate organization or a certain amount of money in your bank account as long as it's not about that if it shifts then it doesn't matter because it's all about the journey and if that journey takes a right turn or a left turn or a detour then as long as that detour is in line with what you want, mm. then that should be okay. I know that you're in, you know, let's say in, going back to you and the fact that you're the youngest shareholder of the, of the business, I imagine that there's been moments up and even up until recently where you're being thrown a more challenging path and okay. therefore the amount of stress and expectation, whether self-imposed or externally imposed, must be must be really challenging for you. How have you learned to deal with stress? Or how can, how can someone be better at it, at dealing with stress? My experience has been that the body and those around you will send you signs that you need to be aware of. Um, I, personally, uh, I notice, sorry, my family notices before I notice that I'm stressed. Um, so being able to have that connectivity with, you know, your friends and family around when you're on these journeys, it's not just about yourself. Um, there's a whole supporting cast and I, I know you're big on, on the team environment and, you know, that team environment could be an athletic endeavour or, or, or it's it's the, the endeavour of life. Um, 
to me, those are the most important parts. And for a long time, that was hard to hear because I didn't see it. I didn't feel it. So when someone said, what's wrong, or you're not yourself today, or you're a bit short or, or whatever it might be, I was like, nothing. What are you talking about? I'm fine. I'm fine. I got to do this. I'm, I'm, I'm over here. I'm doing that. Leave me alone. Um, and, you know, I'm not too proud to admit that that had, that pushed me to a point of panic attacks and, you know, forms of high anxiety and effectively the body shutting down because I didn't listen to the signs or to those around me that, that saw it. So these pursuits don't come without stress in, in my experience. And, and that's, I guess, where I was going um, just before around the good and the bad of the personality types. You know, if, if you are inertly driven, then you're more often than not going to find yourself in a position where you're probably taken on too much. And that's good because that's what drives. That's the you, you don't want to shy away from that because that's that's the part of you that is able to achieve you know, great things. But you need, in my experience, the support network around you to be aware that okay, you're going down that road. It's time that you know you took stock. And for me, what that looks like is I've got to make sure that I have some time to myself to to effectively decompress from life, um, whether that be an athletic adventure in terms of going for a run or a bike ride or a swim or whatever it might be, or time on a golf course, or even time sitting in front of the TV, not making a noise, not talking to anyone, just just existing, mm. just to somewhat decompress of it all. Mm. Um, and that's what works for me. Um, my journey has told me that not everyone's, not everyone's the same, but I think the key to it is being able to recognize those early signs of it and have in place measures that work for you to allow you to bring yourself back from from that edge tell me about those panic attacks what does it feel like so i've had three in total um first one was the most severe because i think that was just the build up and build up and build up and i just didn't know what was going on um i actually blacked out in, in that event and was at work and um, came to uh, on a gurney with, with the ambulance that the work had called. Um, so, and then more recently I've had ones which are probably more common in that it's just a um, heart attack's the first thing that comes to your mind. Oh shit, what's going on here? So you, you could be, I was lying in bed you know, at 12 o'clock at night and woke up to this feeling um, where um, heart racing, um, just not being able to, I guess, take control of of your body and your your emotions. So it's a it's a pretty scary sort of feeling, I guess. Mm. But what I value in the age we live in is that these things are are seen as events people can talk about, like I, even as recently as our our parents' generation. For a man to be able to have conversations with other men about the mental health aspects of life, I just didn't exist. Like that was that was not the done thing. Done thing. And I just, to me, that's a real that would be a really hard place to to be out, to be struggling with things like this and not being able to talk to anyone because that's not that's not how the world works. So mm. I do feel a little bit blessed that we can we can have these sort of conversations and the awareness exists in the in the world we live in i appreciate you sharing that i, I think it's it's challenging because we're success we're driven individuals and a lot of people are and people want success and that people want to achieve and that feeling of achievement but the the almost prerequisite of of all of those achieve that, that those destinations or what you're wanting to get out of life there is an element of stress in all of it yeah and a varying level but Essentially, there's, it's a direct relationship with level of success and stress, and so you've, you've it's almost as it is almost. It'd be interesting to see the inverted commas most successful people, uh, and see their their stress tolerance because I'd imagine yeah. it's extremely high to be able to manage what would cripple anybody. 
yeah. you know, the, the Elon Musks of the world to go, yeah, that's that's a lot of stress, but I can handle that. Or it doesn't sit with them as, as it does. And maybe that is something that you, you're not necessarily born with, but you, you adapt and you learn how to you manage this stress of this journey, this little goal, and then you, that, you take that skill and then you can bear a little bit more stress and then, yeah. you know, stretch that out. But <clears throat> I just wondered whether because of your rise and rise within the company quickly or relatively quickly compa- yeah. and compare it relatively in relative speed, whether that's got anything to do with. Going back to the Elon Musk piece, I, you know, I just recently read his autobiography and it's clear that he, do, he, he doesn't handle the stress either. You know, that, that there is a, there is countless chapters in that book, which talk to his reactions and um, the way that he doesn't deal with, certain things when when it gets to a point and the way it was explained to me going back a couple of years ago was essentially the Jenga tower so each part of life is effectively a a layer in the tower and there's there's stresses in everyday life that everyone sort of has to work through that be our kids it could be the bank manager calling it could be whatever just just existing creates certain flaws or stories in the tower and the more you take on the more driven you are the higher that tower gets Mm. and at some point in time for everyone doesn't doesn't matter who you are the Jenga tower gets too high and it and it'll topple over Mm -hmm. um for me and what I've learned around not only myself, but other successful people is their ability to manage the height of that tower. So they can, they can almost become acutely aware of where that tipping point is. And, and that'll change day to day, week to week. You might have everything under control. You've got 400 stories to your Jenga tower, but that one extra block mm-hmm. will, will fall it to come crashing over. So before you get to that tipping point, being able to remove a couple of stories from the tower and and bring things back into control so you can handle minor you know swings in your in your day-to-day life without penny attacks or in musk's sort of example flying off the handle and sacking people and ranting and putting twitter tweets out that you know cause the world to crash i think everybody has a tipping point and mm. um, and how high you're willing to stack that tower comes into that 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 desire for drive and the balancing act we all play between enough stress and too much stress yeah and i think it is horses for courses people some people just are happy with the amount of stress they've got with yep. with uh a stand call it a standard job and family life and that's stressful as well right but yeah when you are it is a balancing act of what's the risk and reward here how much stress am i willing to tolerate to Agreed. to go on this path of of a you know that, that may produce some incredible outcomes yeah yeah that's right um, yeah exactly um but it's it i think the concern for the modern day world and and me as a father is the ability of that stress and uh of not being able to switch off to the world stresses these days it's just everyone's got stress and but we're constantly connected to it now um which I think there's a real detriment to the mental health of society and what that looks like for our kids scares the hell out of me. Yeah. And I think yeah. I, I agree with you actually. And I'm coming off a weekend away with my family um, at some local water park resort. And I, I think I touched my phone three times in, in three days. And in those times were about 20 seconds yeah. and it was just, it was a it was intentional which is also scary that it's got to be intentional that's how yeah that's how used to you are it's how adapted yeah. we are with it but i think that there's a lot of value in saying i'm just going to be uh uninterrupted with the world not touching yeah. the world's stress as it comes to me just for a little yeah. bit and i think yeah. i think um andrew huberman talks about um non-sleep deep rest and that's yeah. a sim- that's not necessarily what we're talking about, but that's also that's that's an that's a intentional state of non-sleep where you are not being interrupted by the world stress. Yeah, and um, yeah, I think there's a huge amount of value to that. Yeah, can, can I ask how how easy was it for you not to touch? Oh, so fine. I give a shit. 
Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't care. Yeah, right. I don't care. I don't care for it at all. Yeah. Um, so, and I don't know. And that's where it's, that's where that stuff sat with me throughout all the sporting stuff. Like I just, yeah, I don't, if uh, I'm happy just to stay in, yeah, to stay in my own lane and just enjoy the moment and the weekend yeah. and it doesn't, the people that were with me uh, were all, you know, other than your good self um, would be, <laughs> and, and Cody, for, <laughs> I may as well put that in so you can listen to it. But, you know, other than, other than a select other few, I, I've got everything, everyone there that I'd want there. And so why would I want to know what's going on anywhere else? Do you know? And so yeah, I, don't, I don't have an issue with that at all. That's awesome because I think you're in the minority from my experience and, I, and, and, and I'm, unfortunately, I wish I was, but I'm probably in the majority in terms of it's, it's, it's almost just a habit. Like I, I don't want to, to be anywhere near that phone. I don't want to, I don't want to be on the social medias. I don't, I don't want to know what my emails are saying, but cause for so long we've been so connected at all times to everything yeah. at the touch fingertip. Yeah. It's almost like it's embedded. Like I even look now in my own household and it, even for me to a point, watching TV isn't even stimulus enough. I've got to have a phone while I'm watching yeah, TV. Yeah, which is crazy, isn't it? So you you just the, the stimulus that's going through your brain and the and the inability to just to connect it, to disconnect from all of that. Yeah, suddenly um, just becomes that much harder because we're, we're almost addicts to it. Yeah, so and as and detrimental I'm, as it is to us, yeah, where it, it, cigarettes or or any other powerful drug, it, it feels like it, you know, almost know it's bad, but the dopamine hits and all that are just so high that we can't stop to our own detriment. Yeah, and I would put the idea out of, you know, uh, I love the idea of saying, well, if you've got a two-story, I mean, you've got a, you've got a, you've got two stories or well, you got three stories, wouldn't isn't it nice? Uh, but, you know, essentially at the front door, let's say, that you just put your phone there. Yeah. And there's almost value, I think, in getting a landline phone, diverting yeah. the calls to the landline. So if someone needs to call you, it goes to, it goes to, the, to, the, to the landline. Yeah. But I, and my, my beautiful auntie, my mum's sister, she, is, uh, she has an, uh, a non-smartphone. Yeah. And she's like power to the, you know, power against the man. Like she is, it is an actual, yeah. you know, stance that she holds. But yeah, oh, man, I, I think whenever we joke about it or we talk about it, you know, to her, there's such an element of jealousy to go, man, oh. I wish I had a phone that had no apps, right? All it does yeah. is text as a character. You got to press like, yeah. you got to press one, three times to get C yeah, on it sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and it takes phone calls and that's it. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, man, that it's just, and I think, you know, like I also, it's it's a funny dynamic because the people will get on social media and go, oh, just letting you know I'm having a break for a week. Or you don't hear from them, then a week later they're going, sorry, guys, I'm back online. It's like, yeah. this, why, why is it, why do you, why would you need to even like preface that yeah. or, or, or give, it's almost like an out of office email, yeah. you know? But I do like the idea of um, is to be able to just, put your phone at the front door at the landing, at, you know, on the table next to your front door. Yeah. And particularly uh -huh. if, you know, I mean, as I said, you can, if, if, if emergency hits, that's everyone's response, right? Everyone's response yeah. is what happens if, what happens if someone needs you? And it's like, well, you can get around that. You know, we, Absolutely. we manage that as kids. They're called, yeah. they're called the landline or, you know, unless you're, unless you're the only person that can administer CPR in the world, yeah, it'll be okay. Most things are gonna be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think, or I mean, maybe not, <clears throat> maybe not your entire existence at home. But I do think there's value in intentional action of not touching it. Yeah. Of of, and that's controlling that stress, that layered stress coming in from the world. Do yeah. you know what I mean? And um, yeah, you know, I I have a view that without that, the ability of the tower to grow is diminished because you're adding in, you're not allowing that time to recover for your brain or the time to be present in the things you enjoy. And yeah, you know, whether that be kicking the soccer ball in the backyard with 
with your kids or, or going for the run because we're even going for a run these days. Everyone takes their phone and arts to listen to music on or whatever, but then it beeps when you're running or you get a, someone sent you this or whatever it might be. So even those times which you're dedicating to yourself to do things for yourself become interrupted and it might not feel like it's stressful for you but at the very least it's not allowing your body and your brain time to recover from the things that are stressing you out agree yeah. absolutely so, worst things that were ever invented yeah I, th- oh, I think they obviously have they add value in terms of what they can do and, and the information that's at our hands but yeah i just think uh and the kids it's funny seeing the kids right because they're not they don't have the awareness of what it's doing or you know the science behind it all but as soon as yep. you know we lost we lost inverted commas the remotes of the of the of the of the TVs at home yeah um and they kicked the shits for about 2 days and then it's almost like they then they just got got into this rhythm of they don't even see the television anymore yeah you know and yeah. so the, you wake up in the morning and we there's no TV and so they go and I don't know, do anything but that, right? And then it, the creative brain comes in. They're like, well, I'm going to build a aeroplane out of Lego and then I'm going to build an airport out of paper yeah. and we're going to do this. And they're all working together and it's, yeah. you know, I mean, it's probably more, there's more shit fight in the mornings between them <laughs> because, you know, there's only one airplane and, yeah. you know, um, only one kid gets it and the other one throws a punch and you're not going to get yeah. that when they're all separated on screens. But I think there's yeah. value to that interaction as well. Oh, absolutely. And that's, that's the scary bit and the unknown bit for us, right? Because we grew up in that environment you just mentioned. You yeah. know, there was there was TVs. So, uh, computers were back end of my schooling. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when you did watch TV, you had the choice of three channels <laughs> and you all watched it as a family for an hour and a half after dinner or before bed or whatever it might have been. Yeah. So even... Even in my mind, that environment is a better environment than what we've currently created because at the moment, everyone's got their own screen and everyone... So so even the ability to communicate and enjoy something together is diminished because everyone's watching whatever it is they want to watch when they want to watch it rather than at least enjoying that bit of stimulus as a family group um, and being able to, to be present in a moment together at least even if it is through TV. Yeah, fair. Now, we follow uh, a lady by the name of Cody Sanchez on on the devices that we're so quickly... <laughs> <laughs> so, we're going away... Yeah, it was where those uh, four 30-second moments... You, oh, you absolutely, right? Yeah, 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 just trying to work out what she's... Anyway, she's an entrepreneur business lady and I thought... Um, and this is obviously we've just... Sh- explain the negatives behind it but it's wonderful Uh, this is the positives and getting hot tips from her she's over in the states obviously but um and i thought i'd get i think this is for her this is shout out yeah to to cody um seven harsh truths to think bigger in in relation to work and success and i thought i'd run them by you nick and see what your comments were about them uh, first one, you need to reframe your thinking to how, not won't. Instead of saying that won't work, ask how could this work for me? Don't be taken down by problems before they even exist. So you as an engineer would have would just love this, right? To be able to go, okay, this is a problem. Correct. And yeah. because there's a because it's a problem there there must we need there is a solution to figure that out. Absolutely. Um problem solving is 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 my thing but in saying that i also i think the reason why cody makes that point and probably was so prevalent in societies is is that's essentially human nature right and and comes from ancestral sort of place of making sure you survive so you, you the first thing to look at in an environment or in a situation is where 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 could i have been killed in in those days obviously we've we've come a long way since then but i think we've kept a lot of that inert sort of i guess focus from those days and and what that breeds is missed opportunity in my mind um that it's always the 
the what ifs in the negative fashion rather than the what ifs in the positive fashion. So it's what could go wrong rather than what could go right. Mm. Um, so, so if everything is viewed in that, that line and, um, you find a reason not to do anything, you find a reason not to walk out the front door of the way. Yeah. And I think also like achieving success in however wish you want to achieve it requires that pushback against, uh, problems, the problems, right if it was yeah. all green lights if it was easy then it wouldn't be worth achieving or it's not there wouldn't be that sense that satisfaction so it's almost like you need those problems to exist to be Absolutely. able to test you to go forward with them yeah yeah that's right number two not everyone will understand or support your drive those who say it cannot be done should not interrupt the ones doing it Rule of thumb, if someone hasn't achieved what you want to, don't listen to their advice. Pretty powerful, right? Mm. Um, and to me, and I'm not sure what the rest of Cody's um, seven tips are, but the, the thing that jumps out at me is right from the youngest point, the, those people that you hang out with have the ability, biggest ability to influence who you are and who you can become. And I think that go, people miss misrepresent how important that is later in life you know we're very conscious of it for our kids and choosing the right school and making sure they're around the right people to make sure they learn learn and grow and and become good people but in adulthood we get trapped well this is this is my group and and this is but whether that be from high school or university or whatever it might be and that's that's my circle but that circle may actually be holding you back um, from from what you're actually capable of and what you actually achieve. Yeah, except that. Um, also find that more often than not, people who have succeeded in the path that you're trying to go down will be more encouraging to, to, for you to, to try and, and, and get to that point as well. And it's yeah. usually the people who don't, haven't, don't want to walk that path or haven't walked that path or, you know, have their own reservations or hang-ups about your about the fact that they they're not doing it they'll the people below you will be quite quickly able to criticize or pull you down or try to keep you small yeah whereas the people that have been wildly successful will be more than open to encouragement and that's what i've found in my yeah my life i agree i think it's sort of inertly linked to point one around risk you know but those who've done don't see what they've done as risky. Um, it's it's achieved, therefore it is no risk. Those that haven't done, all they see it's is the, the risk. risk, and therefore they they will continue to highlight the risk hmm. to you. And then you've got to deal with that um, rather than someone picking you up and helping you forward. Mm. Uh, number three, you're letting fear cloud your judgment, and this can maybe comes to that risk bit. Yeah. 99% of people who hate their job keep it out of fear. Fear of the uncertainty, fear of discomfort, fear of failure. But fear makes fools of us all. Everything you want is on the other side of it. Truth bombs from Cody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think but I I think there was a big realization for me in this in this whole idea of risk or at least fear, let's say, of of things not going to plan on a on a business level. To go, shit, everyone who has achieved big has to have like just accepted that level of yeah. fear, accepted that level of risk. It's not as if the, you know, the multimillionaire developer, local developer is just sitting back without any risk. The peep, the my, a good mate of mine who, who runs a, you know, one of the biggest building companies, it, you know, he's on the hook on every corner, right? And everything they do, his house is up for grabs. The bank, if it goes, if it goes pear shaped, there's a huge amount of risk everywhere. Yeah. And I think only recently I've had to go, oh yeah, that's that's just part of the course. That's just what what you have to accept. Yeah, yeah. And goes back to your earlier question um, around, and I think you could interchange risk and fear here, but do do and stress do your tolerances to that change over time mm. um do you become more aware of what you actually should be fearful of or not fearful of like what's what's really a risk or what's what's really stress 
does that change over time and, and does that allow you to take the next step and the next step after that because those things that were scary well suddenly you've realized that they're not so scary because i can manage my way out of that or i know the solution if that is to happen or you know any number of outcomes that you had rolling around in your head suddenly well no even the worst case isn't that bad so let's crack on so does that change over time i would think so uh, obviously some people are uh, inertly bigger risk takers and have less fear than others mm. but i think also the perception of of where that fear sits changes with time yeah and probably in stage of life as well right yeah that makes that 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 definitely plays a part i think also that the majority of people and we're privileged to be you know us being in australia and having the the background and the you know the the schooling and education that we've all had but or that you and i've had at least um but i think there's a there for a lot of people there isn't i think if it was an extremely if you're an extremely challenging environment in your life that will yes. facilitate the need to change or then maybe the need to to manage your fear or take risk as we as we said but for the majority of people there's this sort of they're in this gray zone of it's not 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 as bad as it could be and it's just yeah. it's just fine right it's, yeah. it's 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 satisfactory yeah and so yeah. it's not a, not bad enough to need the change to yeah. to, to in, engage in that risk management yeah. um whereas the but, pe- not, but not good enough to be happy yeah yeah exactly or or, or to contemplate how what happiness could look like right yeah. so people almost need you know, some catastrophic event or otherwise to go, yeah. shit, now I need to start looking at this differently. Yeah. Um, but but in saying that, there could, there's, there's, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are not taking risks and a thousand percent happy with their lot, which is beautiful, right? Correct. Because um, that's, what, that's what the game is to be, to be content, yeah. I guess. Um, Cody, number four, you need skin in the game. If you can't feel the impacts of your effort... If you are a cog in an endless machine, if you get judged on hours, not results, you stop caring. You're numb. Instead, buy a business, earn equity, feel consequences of your choices. It's oddly addicting. See, I don't think that's for everyone. Okay. I'm going to disagree with your codes. I'm sure she'll be very upset she'll about be on, she'll, be on, and, she'll be texting she'll, you with signif- <laughs> significant dissatisfaction. <laughs> um so I think that's 100% true for for me and, and and without putting words in your mouth, probably yourself as well. But for others, the risk and the stress and the fear that we've just spoken about that comes with having skin in the game, um, whether that be financial skin or, or some other form, could well be debilitating to the point where they, they simply can't function. That's just not who people are and that's you know that's that's great there's it's all different pe- types of people in the world for a reason um no, no no one type's better than the others it takes all types but i just i just don't necessarily think that that approach should work for everyone fair uh number five education is free the curriculum to learn a twenty thousand dollar a month skill is available online for everyone. It's not a lack of dollars that holds people back. It's society's brainwashing that only degrees and big companies on your CV equals credibility. Back on track now, codes. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't unfollowed just yet. <laughs> That's right. Um, no, I, my as an example, the skill set that I use most um, in my day to day is in no way attached to the engineering degree that I got Interesting. at university. Interesting. And it was it was more it's a, it's a life skill as it's necessarily not not anything that I learned in any book to be honest. And you know I'm I guess I'm talking about here the, the ability to build relationships and understand people. Mm. Um so to me I I think in a degrees or bits of paper serve a purpose at this point in the way the world works but they're i completely agree that 
they're by no means necessary and indicate success or otherwise in a, in a chosen field or profession. Acknowledging though, you needed an engineer engineering degree to get in the door with where Correct. you're at so now. That, so to a point that still serve a purpose because yep. you've, you've got to have that bit of paper mm. um, is that, so I, I've actually been conscious in my, my organization to try and shift that. Looking at the actual skill set required for a role rather than the expectations on academic achievement to fulfill a role. Yeah. Uh, number six, you honestly, this is, this is my favorite. Uh, you honestly have no clue of what you're capable of. Do you think all successful entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs are geniuses? Some, sure, but 99% of them, the one thing that separates them from you is just self-belief. Try to prove me wrong. Find your limits. It's powerful. It's good. It's my favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I genuinely, I do believe most people just don't. I don't know. Either just don't believe that they're they, they're a, a capable of much more than they than they know. Yeah. Or whether they um, don't want to open that sort of Pandora's box. Yeah. Do you think that comes back to the, the fear piece? I don't know. And that's what fear that's what's comfort. That yeah, that's maybe and that's what's driven me a lot in my last. I don't know. I guess my whole adulthood is to is to help people see that right to the, yeah. you know my premise is that you can achieve anything you want and you you need to want it so you can't just say oh I want to go to the moon it's like you don't really right you don't want to yeah. you don't really want to move to the states and be applied to NASA and go through those rigors you just you know but if you truly want something um, then I then I believe you'll you'd achieve it yeah, and like I said, like we talked about last week, you know, with what I'm trying to achieve for next year, a massive hurdle came up, and I, for within, for about a minute, my world's the floor fell underneath me. I was like, shit, that's that means this dream is over, and yeah. literally, it was about a minute of going, of not pity, but just like, just acceptance of well, that's that's game over, right? And um, I'm gonna have to let about. 10 people know who are part of this journey that this has done. And then after about a minute, my brain quickly shifts to how do I solve this problem? Yeah. What are the, what are other solutions? What, how is there is, and when you think about it, there are literally, there was literally about eight different options going forward to yep. solve it. And I chose the, the first one and the first one is pain, it, it has solved the issue, but it is that position of if you, and it was almost comical. And I had this feeling of this, sort of uh defense feeling or this protective nature or protective instinct of like oh no 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 you're not that's not stopping this dream yeah because i i believe that it's it's i can achieve it and yeah. so I, I wish i hope that i wished that more people would understand that you can achieve yeah. anything you want uh, so is it in terms of that is is that the opportunity for everyone to to be able to break that down into into smaller pieces and not get hung up on, well, I want to go to the moon, but I can't fly, so therefore I'm not going to. No, I can't go to the moon. Um, and just and reflecting on Cody's messaging in 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 her entrepreneurial background, something that really appealed to me is she talks about boring businesses and and essentially the idea that. You don't have to throw your whole world against the wall to try and do something new. You can take small steps and learn as you go in smaller businesses. Mm. You don't necessarily have to quit your job, mortgage your house and live in your parents' basement to try and execute a, a startup business. There are steps along the way that allow you to potentially, you know, meet, meet that goal. Just wonder whether part of the, the gap in allowing people to realize their opportunity is the big step they think they have to make. Yep. Yep. I accept that. I, th I think also, uh, and I got this from Jordan Peterson where it was, you need to sit down at the end of your bed and think what go through your life that currently exists and sit with yourself and to say, what would you want to change if you could change that you should change? Yeah. And then it's like, okay, you do that 
for a little bit of time. And this is, it's extremely powerful because you'll realize that you are soon quickly wanting to look at your phone or your super yeah. because it's so daunting of a prospect of going, taking full stock and full responsibility and ownership of where you are right now. And then to say, well, what is it that I want in certain elements of the different elements of my life? Are they 10 out of 10? And if not, what do I need to do to get them to 10 out of 10 or yeah. close enough? And so I think, I think partly pe people don't want to open that Pandora's box because they don't want to accept deficiencies within areas of their life, maybe. Yeah. And once they do and say, okay, understand that anything is possible and that they've got power to achieve that, then you can go from there and say, what is it? What is it? You know, do, what, what do you want to achieve? Yeah. And that may not be running small businesses on, as a side hustle to your main job, but at least you'll get clarity as to what you're wanting to, a direction and, and clarity as to where you want to go with certain level, certain elements of your life rather yeah. than just be blind to it and just go through the motions and all of a sudden your children are at year 12 and you're at the graduation, you're going, where the hell did those 17 years yeah. go? You're so yeah. intentional with this is exactly what I want to do. I'm not there, but I have a plan as to where I'm going to go. And that there's a, so many, there's I think there's seven categories that he talks about in terms of yeah. Uh, friendships, spousal relation, children relation, um, your career, your finances, your spirit, your spiritual stuff, your spiritual position, your emotional awareness, and like that, and your physical, I guess. And you take stock on all of those, and you go, right, what am I? What needs yeah. to be? What needs improving? And then, but understanding that you can achieve anything you want in any of those. Yeah, yeah. It's no wonder. It's so hard for people, me included, to to wrap your head around the statement of you can achieve anything you want, because I think I think we're almost brought up to think otherwise. Mm. I think very early, very early in the developmental phase of of our children, do they they get too many boundaries put around them, um, and that imagination that starts to starts to fade, and you you end up. No, no, little Johnny, you can't be a fire truck. Um, yes. <laughs> well, there is there is some separation where you where you, you are three or four, and you're like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you're like, I want to be, a, a, you know, a policeman. And you're like, yeah, great. Yeah. You want to be an actor? I want to be, I want to go, you know, work in Hollywood. And you're like, yeah, good on yeah. you, little Johnny. And then at yeah. some point between then and I don't know, thirteen, the world just yeah. crashes on you and go, no, 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 no. <laughs> you can kill your dreams. And, that's right. and you're not you're not this or you're not that and therefore that's not open to you or that that's not enough of this or not enough of that and uh therefore you need to choose from this mm. this i mean i don't want to put cody out but i don't believe this is well written i'll i'll paraphrase you won't regret taking a chance on yourself even if you fail you will regret never knowing regrets of inaction sting the worst and I think that's playing on you more than playing on me right now. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's a fair point, right? Absolutely. Um, and it is probably a good summary point to all of the previous six pieces, right? It, it, it's effectively the outcome of not being in control of all those other bits. Yeah. Um, and being left with the what-ifs um, because you let fear get in the road, you, you let... You let other people get in your way. You, you know, you weren't confident enough in your own abilities to achieve greatness. You know, that's probably the outcome of all of the previous six points is that you left feeling, what if, what if? Yeah, and that I think for me, you know, this for a long time I've understood and appreciated that you get one chance of this life. Yeah, in this form, I guess. And the worst thing for me is to think, what if? And yeah. regret the inaction. I think you'll never, you'd never regret the action, you know. Yeah. Um, and to go, okay, this is. I'd, I'd rather see how this plays out. Or this, this risk-taking adventure, purpose for a greater level of success or otherwise, than sit on my hands and stay in the safe place because it's that discomfort of it's that risk that provides the 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 value and shit. If I yeah, I and I. Obviously, you know, you and I have done a lot of things in our lives combined, and I think we live by that. But um, 
it's also a conscious decision of continually asking yourself, right? Yeah. To yeah, go, that's right. All right, I've, I've done this. To, I've gone this far now in this path. Am I now playing it safe? Yeah. Even though maybe three or four years ago this was high risk, this path, I've now it's now become a, a, a pretty risk-free endeavor. Yeah. Yeah. Should I be going off to a more riskier path? Absolutely. And that, as you said, the con- constant assessment of that is is the important bit, right? So how do you manage that when you've got when you come to a crossroad a crossroad of decision where you could play it safe or you could go, you know, but you don't want to re- you don't want to regret the what ifs and the the path over here is 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 riddled with risk but also a, a good pro- good proportion of it as reward reward how do you manage that knowing also you've you've got to provide for your family and and, and all of those other balls in the air yeah and i guess to your to your last point there like i i think there's stages in life for me where i'm more open to take risks and 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 those those risks might might differ in terms of what they actually are whether they have career-wise or they're a personal step or they're a whatever it might be bungee jumping or something like that um but i'm very conscious at the moment of trying to get the right balance across life um and and almost using that as a lens to whether i do or don't jump at certain risks so to me and you know based on you know what I mentioned earlier about some of the stresses and things like that it's it's how do you balance the the personality side of drive and personal development with making sure you're around to see you your kids grow up and spend time with with your wife and to be able to smell the roses and enjoy the sunshine and and enjoy some of the now when you look at any single decision and I think that that lens or that melting pot that you look through to make decisions changes over time. Um, the decision I make around whether or not to take a certain risk might be different today than it is in six months' time or six years' time or, or 20 years ago. Um, so I, I think there's a, there's a constant need to assess the balance um, and and be able to put a lens on how you how you go through that that decision making process. I guess. Beautiful. Well, I uh, appreciate your comments and your ability to share your experiences, Mister Quinn. Not a problem. I've um, probably you probably know, but I think it's six months ish since I was last on the the pod. Um, oh, yeah, you're the first guest. Like, yeah. And I've only just recovered from the dehydration I suffered um, <laughs> due, 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 due to the hot box. No, it was more uh, than six months. It was almost 12 months because 12 months. it was summer. Yeah. yeah. So it was a significant dehydration event. But, I like uh, it. And that's the reason why we're doing it, you know, via via Zoom or however yeah. the code is sort of this because you don't trust me. But, but there is an air conditioning pumping at yeah, the moment I'm, in this room. <laughs> I have to be able to temperature control my own environment. Yeah, yeah, that was a condition of coming back. Thank you, mate. Much appreciated. Have a great uh, Christmas. Have a great Christmas and bring on next year as to how we manage the uh, the risk in our lives. Beautiful. Thank you, mate. Thank you so much to Nick for spending the time with us again on the show and obviously talking about risk and fear and and that relationship with success. I really enjoyed it. I hope you did too. If you did think uh, it was good, let us know and please, please feel free to share it with anyone who you think will enjoy it as well. But until next time, peace.